0: Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Again, you can download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Welcome to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks, a podcast that discusses the improvement of physician engagement and physician documentation habits by focusing on the core aspects of clinical documentation integrity. Here is the creator and founder of Core CDI, the co-founder of Top Gun Audit School, and your host of this podcast, Glenn Krause
1: everyone. This is Glenn Krause from Core CDI and Top Gun Honor School, founder of Core CDI, where we recognize that the core to the medical record is a foundation of good documentation. And I have the privilege of having my longtime colleague and friend, Dr. Terrence governor Vice President of Medical Affairs at Clinintel. And the other day, Dr. Governor and I were discussing the COVID-19. We're all familiar with COVID-19 and the epidemic, public health emergency. And we were talking about CDI and what's gonna become of CDI as a result of a lot of these furloughs that were I'm seeing personally of CDI on the bench because there are less charts to review. 70% of surgeries have been canceled, elective surgeries. Hospital revenue was down 70 to 80%. Hence, 205 hospitals as of today had some furlough or layoff. And Dr. Governor had some great ideas about what does COVID-19 reveal about our CDI approach and how to survive another disruptive crisis. So, Dr. Govinder, thanks for being on the podcast. Great to have you on the podcast again. And I'll, I'll turn it over to you because I think you got some great points that we want to uh, disseminate to our CDI professionals.
2: Dr. Govinder? Hey, Glenn. Thanks for having me. And you said oh,
1: well, again, was I ever on this
2: podcast? Before yeah, about about
1: about, about uh, six months ago. Remember? You were on the podcast and then you were on our Wiser Wednesdays a couple of times. Ah, that's right. That's right. That's right. So I say Uh, welcome back again.
2: I appreciate it. How have you been?
1: Oh, I'm doing great sitting here in Lowell, Vermont, looking at the deer running across my yard. Ooh, nice. Thanks for having me Glenn and you
2: are absolutely right that you know everyone knows about the current covid crisis i think that it's caused a lot of disruption even in in our in our firm at tell we've had to shift gears and, and adapt and i think adapting is the key word here because my favorite saying when i used to speak to physicians about uh, clinical documentation back in the day,
1: mm-hmm. I used to
2: always say that my favorite saying was a Charles Darwin saying, which is, it's not the strongest of species that survives, nor is it the most intelligent. It's the one that's most adaptable to change.
1: Right, absolutely.
2: Yeah, so, you know, when you look at the CDI programs across the country right now, there's a lot of disruption going on. Some some are working from home, some have been furloughed, some have been called yep. to the front lines, uh-huh. and so um, there's disruption from not only day. Day operations, and I think Actis actually had something on along these lines today on a webex. I missed it; I was busy. But yeah, there's definite disruption in day-to-day operations. There's potential disruption in the model itself, meaning mm-hmm. you know you may have had clinical documentation specialists on the ground, on the floors, you know, in liaising and communicating with physicians that right. possibly doesn't occur anymore. But more, uh, more specifically what's changing is the patient mix. So the types of patients that we're usually used to seeing walk through the doors at the hospital has changed significantly. sure has. And you know what's happened here is we've pulled back on elective surgical cases and depending on your program, some I've heard a lot of leaders, CDI leaders and and managers say, oh, those are elective cases. We don't look at those cases, those are clean cases. Well, I've always, you know me, I'm, I'm in the data every day and I've always fought back and said, well, you know, with a surgical background as well, I can tell you elective cases get acute loss anemia. Elective cases get hypo-hyponatremia. Elective cases can have surgical complications or... Atelectasis after a procedure so there's so that whole concept of those are clean cases we, we don't look at them where I'm going with this, again is yeah the patient mix has changed mm-hmm. and so when you look at this time period when a CDI program has suffered the effects of disruption in some way shape or form whether it's because you don't have enough boots on the ground whether the types of patients you're looking at now or cases you're looking at has changed whether you're not getting a good query response rate I believe that if you're model of CDI is the same model as it was 7 years ago 10 mm-hmm. years ago right then you you are going to see the biggest impact of disruption in CDI for Absolutely. your organization and depending on whatever metric you're you're using at your organization to monitor severity reporting performance you will see a drop why because the traditional model of CDI that has been hanging around now for many years.
1: So 12 years, about 12 or 13 years, Dr. Governor.
2: Yeah, and, and, and many uh, many of our programs are still anchored very deeply into that model and haven't evolved accordingly. Absolutely. That model advocates for the CDS, or the Clinical Documentation Specialist, being the sole driver of severity capture and accurate documentation in the yep, medical it is. record. it is. It does not take into consideration the fact that you need to adopt a model where you address the source of the clinical documentation, which is the physician, and I'll say provider, uh, because yep. it includes residents and uh, advanced practitioners. practitioners yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah. It does not take into consideration that you should teach them how to fish as opposed to giving them a fish.
1: So the
2: problem with, uh, with not, and even, you know, when you look at advanced, I, I just read something on, on the actus website, like literally 10 minutes before I got on the phone with you, it's talking about yeah. advanced program. When you ask our leaders about advanced programs, I don't see anybody talking about the fact that, oh, we're actually you know, considering ourselves advanced because we've included a significant amount of education strategies into our overall CDI program methodology and uh, strategy, and we're actually monitoring the education piece and how we're actually empowering physicians to do it right the first
1: time. That's right. You know what, Dr. Governor, I can't agree with you more. You know, when you think of advanced CDI, some I, re, I read a lot, as you do, actors, different publications, infomercials from consulting companies so wanting you, sell your software, and they say advanced CDI, here's what they say, here's what I think is a misnomer that's defined as advanced CDI, interested in your take. Uh, software that does natural language processing to identify opportunities for improvement, i.e., CCs and MCCs uh, that you need to query. Here's another one. Nudging positions. Computer-assisted physician documentation to nudge physicians. Another is, like I said, AI, supposedly, or natural language processing to identify those cases that we should prioritize based on opportunity for improvement, i.e., more money. This is what they call advanced CDI. I've seen some situations where consulting and company comes in and says to the CFO, sign here on the dotted line, we can get you $3 million or we can get you a 3% increase in your case mix index and I'm going to cost you one. Here we go. Then we roll out the software and it disrupts the entire process of the program that's been going on for 12 years. So to me, that is not advanced CDI. Dr. Governor?
2: Yeah, no. So I have a few problems with, uh, with the technology that you described and I think that, you know, collectively, you know, from the physician side, you can clump them into a category called, which the industry called CAPD tools, right? Technology Yeah, that's tools. what they're calling it. Yeah, yeah. Computer assisted physician documentation. There's value in that. And really, I remember back in the day when ICD-10 was about to be implemented about four different dates, I think they gave us and they kept on pushing it further and further. But that was supposed to be the industry's magic bullet. Hey, we've got this tool. It's it's real time. The physician's going to be prompted. And I had, and I actually had some clients, and that were wise enough to, even at that point, say, we're not touching that thing with a ten foot pole because of the uh, consideration for potential uh, leading the physician, etc. That's right, absolutely. All right. Yep, yep, Yep. Yep. But I I do believe that there's value, and I do believe that if used correctly, there's value. But there are also flaws. So the flaws that I anticipate or or have experienced, yeah. and they're they're very necessary to acknowledge and discuss because when you consider the pricing of these tools and the implementation of this technology at an organization, we're talking. Re- Ridiculous amounts of money.
1: Yeah, millions, millions of dollars.
2: The problem with the implementation is number one: you have a very poor adoption rate by physicians for what, whichever you know organization you've implemented it for. Right. Number two: a physician, the shortest distance between two points is mm-hmm. is not to respond to your pop up or your nudge, so to speak. The shortest yep. distance between two points is to. Block out or close out your box and then let me keep it on going with my day job because that's, right. that's disruptive. The problem with some of those tools is that if I block that out, if I just get it out of my way so I can keep. Seeing patients and documenting, then the software to a certain degree assumes that I've missed an opportunity. Furthermore, if I just don't agree with the suggestion and if I don't update the record based on the suggestion because I don't agree with it clinically, once again the software to a certain degree I assume they take an error rate etcetera into consideration. I would I would only assume they do that would. To a certain degree, I count that or my disagreement as a potential missed opportunity for improvement in severity capture. So, so there's an adoption rate problem. There's an an error rate problem that you've got to take into consideration. There's the fact that it does not empower the physician. Well, I wouldn't say all physicians. I would say at least the vast majority, because yeah, there are some engaged physicians where this tool would be very, very valuable because. You know, a physician has figured out, okay, I can either leverage this tool or get a plethora of queries in my inbox that I have to
1: respond to. How can That's I avoid right. the queries? absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And here, here's a piece I'm really concerned about with the software, okay, uh, and how to, how to survive another disruptive crisis doesn't mean go out and buy more software. Okay, it means really redesigning, repositioning, transforming your program with software as a tool and not a crutch. And my concern with all this software, Dr. Governor, is that not just physicians and computer-assisted physician documentation, NLP, AI, there's nothing wrong with it. I'm okay with it. What I'm concerned about is that... It has a tendency to generate more denials, clinical validation denials, mm-hmm. uh, DRG down codes, even medical necessity denials. It's not helping there. It doesn't do anything to improve the quality of the documentation, the patient story. Doctor Jake Martin, a strong colleague of mine who does physician education and actually does CDI, education and training, physician to physician, in the weeds. We, he and I have a unique approach. We work together. This is a quote of his: "The documentation should show a patient." Patient that's congruent with the diagnosis, and the diagnosis should be congruent with the patient. And if you don't do anything to improve their clinical picture as told by the doctor, described, showed, reflected, painted, and so forth, and you have diagnosis, we're going to, con- and we ask for diagnosis, but however, the HPI doesn't support a patient with acute exacerbation of COPD or respiratory failure, or the physical examiner says alert no any times three and knows no apparent distress. And we have a diagnosis of acute on chronic respiratory failure COPD exacerbation and we prompted the physician based on the blood gases respiratory rate well I'm sorry no payer is going to accept that diagnosis based on the picture as painted described reflect and told by the physician so that's why we have to survive another disruptive we have to change our ways
2: yeah yeah And so, you know, me for a long time now, and and one of the things I've always maintained is there is zero replacement. And, you know, we are in analytics and technology as well. And I do not care what technology you bring to the table or even analytics you bring to the table. It does not matter. There is zero replacement for empowering a physician with what constitutes accurate and high-quality documentation. That's of a patient right. Note. There is zero replacement. I don't care. And the reason for that is because until the physician can be replaced by Watson or any IBM tool or whatever, which, which we're not even close to getting there, I don't believe, but until the physician can be replaced, there will always be the need for the physician to use their clinical acumen and document their medical decision-making and thought process in a chart. And if you can empower that physician with how to get from, you know, what's the shortest distance between A and B without sacrificing quality of documentation, Mm -hmm. then that's what I refer to as empowering that physician. Because if you look at this situation that we're in right now where the CDI program has been disrupted whether you're talking about an operation standpoint from an operation standpoint number of queries generated whether you know uh, types of patients coming through the door doesn't matter if your program has been empowering physicians for the last five out of the 12 years at the very least
1: Mm -hmm.
2: then you would see potentially minimal disruption in the capture of key diagnoses, why? Because these physicians that you've been working with over time, you've actually been you know, delivering education, you've been empowering them, you've been making them proficient. You'll never, there'll always be job security for CDI team members. And the reason is because the rules change every year. That's right. And we don't want the physicians to be subject matter experts in CDI. What we do want the physicians to acknowledge and appreciate is that they can become proficient in accurate documentation with core concepts, core CDI, right, core concepts. That's right. And so if you give them the core concepts and, they, and you've been drilling it into them for the last two, three years, guess what happens when I pull away the CDI program? Yeah, maybe I'm not going to get every HCC, PSI, H, uh, hack or right. I'm not going to get all of that, but I can tell you. That because your physicians, they have it ingrained into them as to what constitutes good, accurate, high-quality documentation, your severity reporting at your organization is going to be hands-down better than an organization that was relying on CDI, as you mentioned, I love that saying
1: as well, as a crutch rather than a safety net. Because when you take the crutch away, you fall. Right. You know, and, and, and Dr. Governor, one point I want to make on that, as we kind of close this thing here, close the podcast, is uh, the, the heart failure code, queued chronic systolic, diastolic, and so forth. That's been around for probably eight or nine years. We are still querying for heart failure. In fact, Actis had a, a survey, was it last year? What are the people's top 20 queries? And the number one query was heart failure. How could that be? The mm-hmm. code has been around for eight or nine years, and we're still asking the doctor to clarify heart failure. Mm-hmm. So that kind of tells me we haven't quite reached our potential. And and you're right. When you depend on CDI as a crutch software and process of queries without working with the physician to better the quality of documentation, to educate them and share their passion for complete and accurate, you're right. As soon as you stop querying, it's going to go right back to where it was. Yep. Yep. And
2: so, you know, the bottom line is this, CDI, and I've been saying this 12 years ago, CDI is not going anywhere. You either, you're going to, you know, it's trained on the track and you're either going to get run over That's or right. you're going to have to get out of its way, but it's not going anywhere. Right. And so, you know, the the, the need for, for the physicians to be involved is now more than ever still evident, but frustrating thing is when I look at these papers, when I look at what we're talking about advanced CDI, when we're yeah. looking at programs that are sophisticated, nowhere do I see anything about, and I know that there are many uh, organizations across the country that are actually making physician education a key component because they, they figured out that they, you know, query fatigue. I can't query for every single diagnosis, so I have That's to right. empower the physician. And so I appreciate that, but for the vast majority, when I look at these papers, etc., and nobody talks about a robust physician education component nope. that monitors their performance over time based on the education that they received that's, that's a huge problem in my mind. Look, opinions, everyone yeah, has No, one. no,
1: I agree. A mm-hmm. couple of points before we close. If you look at this article recently that I read called CDI Leaders Revealed Top Key Performance Indicators, something that really stuck out to me reading it last night about midnight, there's a selecting impactful KPIs, and there's a chart review rate, query review rate, provider response rate, provider agree rate, unable to determine rates, That's been around for 12 years, and so how, if we're focusing on these KPIs, Dr. Governor, you and I agree, and this is not high-performing CDI, this is not advanced, and no matter what you call it, it still comes back to the same thing, queries, query, queries, there's something here about, uh, what do they call it? Chart impact rate. Chart impact rate, things where we're trying to get something out of the chart. We did something to the chart. It's not about doing something for the chart. It's about improving what's in the chart, not taking something out of the chart, whether it's queries, whether it's CCs, whether it's PSIs. That's taking something out of the chart. What about working with physicians? They're the only ones that can improve documentation. Any final thoughts, Dr. Governor, before we sign off?
2: No, I just am grateful that you were able to get me on here. I just want to thank everybody who's listening that's on the front lines for what they're doing, and I hope everyone's staying safe. And here's what I would leave you with and for your listeners. Is okay. Let's raise the energy level of CDI across the industry. Let's take it to the next level, not just talk about it and say the same thing over and over and think that we're evolving, because we're not. Yeah, that's But right. I encourage, and it just takes one person have a vision and be a leader and to really figure out what does taking CDI to the next level mean so I will leave you with that
1: yeah and I, and I go I'm forward. gonna comment comment uh-huh. one last point that drives home that point I appreciate everyone's time and interest I believe or I'm confident in saying the limiting factor that's preventing us from advancing the CDI profession uh, and like you said trains coming down the track got to get off the track. We can't collide with the train. We have to really decide how we're going to move down the track. So I am calling on CDI leadership to recognize the limitations of CDI. And I posted something about on LinkedIn about the fact that we really need to grow the profession. It's not a job. It's a career. It's a love. It's a passion. When actually commented on LinkedIn. She said, I want to do more. In my heart, I know we can do more, but our leadership doesn't see the value. We've." stuck in the realms of KPIs, task-based performance, how many queries I leave, it it makes the CDI people almost powerless to change. So I'm calling on CDI leadership to become are thought leaders, not task-based leaders, and really elevate the stature of our CDI and really work with physicians to engage them beyond just queries of answering the query. So, Dr. Governor, thank you so much for your time. As always, I appreciate your insight and your thoughts as to uh, where the industry needs to go. Thank you, everyone, for listening, and you have a great rest of the day, morning, afternoon, or evening, depending on when you're listening to it. Thank you so much. Thanks, Glenn.
0: Thank you for listening. Glenn Kraus can be found on LinkedIn. Make sure to subscribe to Wiser Wednesday Experience Speaks on Anchor.fm or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Make sure to also visit core-cdi.com for CDI and Revenue Cycle Consulting Services and topgunauditschool.com, a coaching service for hospital and clinicians. This podcast was produced by medicalcodinggeek.com. Recording